Hello and welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where I'm very pleased to bring you a guest who is doing the hard work of saving lives uh, in a very interesting way. And she's got a very interesting story. Uh, Check out this clip of what she does with baby boxes. When a woman in crisis walks up to one of our safe haven baby boxes, as soon as she opens that door, an immediate 911 call goes out before the child's even placed inside. Once she places a child inside the box, another trip of the alarm goes off with the movement inside of the box. She'll place her child on a pad, which is uh, heated with a heating and cooling element underneath that pad. So in the winter months, it's gonna stay warm in that box. And in the summer months, it will stay cool. Uh, Once she places the child on the the pad, uh, there's a button in there that she can choose to push. And if she chooses not to push it, that's okay because we've already been notified and we're already en route to this facility. But that button is very important, I think, for the mother uh, to know that she's the last line of defense, that if she can't do a parenting plan, if she can't do an adoption plan, and if she can't surrender her child uh, to a firefighter at that fire station, that she's doing the right thing by placing her child in in an electronically monitored box and then walking away. She's not prosecuted. The, The child's life is saved. Uh, it's a win for everyone. Once she once she closes that door, it locks. She can't even get her child out. It has to be medical and fire. Uh, these children are picked up within three to five minutes, which is an amazing time when you think about how many hours a child is left out in the woods in a trash can or a dumpster. We're going to be talking with Monica Kelsey. Stay tuned. Monica, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Monica, your story is a very interesting one. What you're doing is very fascinating. We're going to get to that in a moment, but what I'd like to do first of all is let everybody know a little bit about yourself and how you came to this. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm a medic and a firefighter out of Indiana. And so uh, I, I've always known about the safe haven law, which was uh, where a woman can walk into any facility and hand her child to a person and turn around and walk away. But it wasn't until I got to meet my biological mother that I realized that this was actually part of my story, uh, where back in 1972, um, a young 17-year-old girl was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road. And this, of course, was when abortion was illegal in our country, even in the cases of rape and incest. And she pressed charges against the man who had raped her. He was arrested and he was charged. And then if that wasn't the worst of it, she finds out she's pregnant. And uh, she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy. And she gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child two hours after that child was born. And that child was me. So my biological father is a, is a rapist and I don't even know my ethnicity, but you know, I'm still a human being and I still have value and, and my life isn't worth less simply because of the way I, I came to be. And, and so today I stand on the front lines of not only the pro-life movement, ensuring that every life uh, is saved, but also on the safe haven movement where it gives women options of uh, surrendering their child legally, safely, and anonymously in this country. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing thing. There's a lot of hardship in your life and you've turned that into something beautiful to 
be able to allow uh, this gift to sort of go forward. It's an amazing thing. So we're going to play a little clip of, um, we played one in the beginning, a little bit more of an extensive clip of the way this works, the baby boxes work. uh, And I'm going to have you describe it. She's going to walk directly up to the box. She's going to pull the little handle. She's going to open up the door. As soon as this door is opened up, one of the alarms is already going off. It's a silent alarm that mom will not hear. When she places baby inside the box, another alarm goes off that she will not hear. When she shuts the door, she won't be able to reopen the door. The door actually locks once baby's placed inside. The baby can only be retrieved from the inside of the fire station, or in this case, the inside of the hospital. Inside, you'll see a green light that is always green if there is no baby in our box. Once there's a baby placed in our box, you'll see a green plus a yellow orangish light because the beam from across has been broken. After mom places her baby in one of our safe haven baby boxes, one of the staff or the EMTs or the paramedics or the nurses will come down to the baby box. They're gonna open the inside door. They're gonna grab the bassinet and they're gonna head for the emergency room. So if you would, uh, from that, tell us exactly what goes on. There's a lot of questions that people might have around how this exactly works. So when a woman walks up to one of our safe haven baby boxes and needs to utilize this resource that we have available for her, the only thing she has to do is open that outside door, which alarms 911 immediately. She doesn't have to do anything. She just opens the door. She places her newborn inside the medical bassinet that is inside the box. There's another 911 call that goes out. She doesn't have to do anything. She's just placing her child inside. And then when she shuts the door, the door locks. So the child is actually locked inside the box to where the child has to be retrieved from the inside of the firehouse. Um, and mom just walks away and, uh, and knows that, you know, fire and medical personnel will be there uh, within a matter of minutes. The average time is about two minutes for babies in our boxes. Okay. I think one of the very first questions that will strike people is, what if mom changes her mind? What then? What do you do? Is she like left? The door's locked. She can't get to her baby now. She's freaking out. What happens now? I I presume you've been asked that a lot. I do actually. And uh, we've had 11 babies in our boxes since November of uh, 2017. And out of those 11, we had one mother come back that wanted to regain custody of her child. And we helped her. Um, We're not just an organization about saving babies in boxes. We're about helping moms through their crisis. And so uh, we put her in our counseling program and uh, worked with the Department of Child Services so that she could regain custody of her child. And so it does, you know, it does happen. It doesn't happen a lot. Um, But we want moms to know that if you're in the midst of a crisis and this is your option and you think twice, two weeks later, a month later, contact us. We'll help you get through this. And if you want to reunite with your child, we'll help you do that. Have you seen testimony um, of of moms later uh, that have been, you know, relieved by this and gone on to do something, um, you know, that, that they could do thanks to uh, what what's afforded to them by the baby boxes. You know, you asking that question actually brings two moms to mind. Uh, one of the mothers that surrendered, actually, she was the uh, um, one of the first moms that surrendered in one of our boxes. And um, she contacted us eight days later 
And this is common because they want some of the resources and they want to make sure that their child is safe and healthy. And so she contacted us and um, she has went back to school uh, to um, get her degree. Uh, she is also now a volunteer for our organization. And so you'll, you'll be at events with us and not realizing that she's actually somebody that has utilized our program. And, and now she is a registered nurse at a hospital. And so it, that's just a, an amazing story that, um, that she finds peace with, with helping us, you know, make sure that women have this safe option. Another mom that comes to mind is, uh, um, a, a letter that she left with her child uh, in one of our boxes when she surrendered. And it just basically said how much she loved this child. And she didn't want to have to do this, but she knew that this was the only option for her to keep this child safe. And uh, she contacted us afterwards. And um, she is now also a volunteer for our organization. And she allowed me to uh, place that letter that she wrote to her child uh, in my uh, book that just came out last week. And so you can read her words, um, her letter that she left with her child uh, in the box uh, in my book. And, and it's just an amazing letter that just shows her heart and her love for her child. This is so great. This is a, a real opportunity to actually save lives in a very kind of a unique way to help mothers who are in need of help. How can people support what you're doing? Well, you know, that's that's a big question I think all of us ask is, you know, what can I do to help you? And and right now, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. I refuse to take government funds. I refuse to take state funds because I want to be able to pray with these women. Uh, if they call our hotline, I want to be able to pray with them. And, and I don't want someone else dictating what I can and cannot do um, through, you know, through our hotline. And so donations, you know, monetary donations, we also get uh, donated blankets for our baby boxes. Each location takes two blankets, uh, two mattress covers and and two hats, you know, and we get those donated as well. So if you don't want to give money, um, you can always donate items. And, um, and, but of course, you know, we wouldn't be able to put boxes in if we didn't have the monetary donations that we get. Where do you have your boxes? And, um, you know, how does that process even work? How does that get done? Well, it's a process. It definitely is a process. And we have our baby boxes at firehouses and hospitals. Um, when, you know, this had never been done in America before. And so when I started researching this, I knew that I needed to have medical attention or medical personnel on the other side of that box because, um, the babies that were being abandoned that I was trying to save had their placenta still attached and their umbilical cord. I mean, these were brand new babies that needed medical care immediately. So I chose firehouses and hospitals because there's medical care waiting on the other side of that door. And so those are the two locations that we, um, we place our baby boxes in, but it is a process. I have to come in and train the fire department um, on the boxes, on the safe haven law. Um, we have to get the community involved. I mean, I can put boxes in firehouses, but if no one knows they're there, no one's going to use them. And so um, it's been very successful in Indiana and Arkansas that we're working with tirelessly and, and Ohio. Um, but in Indiana, when I launched in April of 16, we were averaging about two dead babies in our state every year from abandonment. And we have not had a deadly abandonment in Indiana since we launched our boxes. And we've had a record number of babies in our boxes. Wow. That's awesome. Tell us on the other side, uh, have you talked to any of the, uh, you know, the, the, the healthcare professionals or the firefighters who are there and get it? Have you got reaction from them? Have any of them commented to you about this? Oh my gosh. So we just had a baby in our box on May 2nd, um, a couple of weeks ago and the fire chief from Clarksville, Indiana, um, 
he, I think he's still on cloud nine because, you know, as a firefighter, and that's what, you know, I've done for many years, we see the end of life. We very rarely see the beginning of life. And so when a baby is placed in that box or that box in, on May 2nd, and the fire chief was there to retrieve that child, um, there's nothing like it. There, there really isn't. It's just a love for a child that um, you never thought was there. And the press conference the following day that we, we held for this, this surrender really shows the fire chief's um, reaction of just overwhelming love for a child um, that was placed in his box. It's just a beautiful thing, but they, they are, they, they, they love this program. I mean, they don't want to pull a baby from a dumpster. They would rather pull a baby from a box. Awesome. Let's watch a clip of that now. All I can say is, wow. Yesterday was uh, probably one of the most amazing days of my career as a firefighter here. Like Monica said, six months ago, we blessed this box and yesterday it, it delivered a blessing. Um, the baby was, was beautiful. It was a very emotional experience for the firefighters. And, you know, we get to experience a lot of uh, the end of life. And yesterday we experienced the beginning of life. And the baby was, was, um, was not in any distress. It was cared for by emergency medical technicians that we employ here as firefighters. And um, I even got to use my parenting skills of 14 years and was able to swaddle the, the little girl myself. Ah, oh, absolutely beautiful. So I tell you what, uh, LifeSite is going to enable people to donate to your incredible work through what we call LifeFunder. Uh, LifeFunder.com is our site where it's basically a GoFundMe alternative that's pro-life and pro-family. And uh, so we're going to be setting that up for you and making uh, available an easy way for people to support your awesome work. So please any any parting thoughts for uh, those who are especially those who are very interested in helping you out well you know just get involved you know um, whether it be on the local level where you're from or a financial you know partner or you know just educating the youth in your area um, because we need to get the information to these kids if we expect them to use the law um, but you know it takes everybody it's a community effort it's not a Monica Kelsey effort it is a community effort that has to rally around these young these young parents to make sure that they make good choices and if I'm in a community where there is no baby box and I want one, how can people reach out to you uh, for your help in, in setting one up? They can go to shbb.org um, and send us a, a message on our contact us form. We'll send you information and tell you exactly what you need to do to get a box in your community. And we, we've streamlined it. So you just go step by step. Awesome. Monica Kelsey, thank you for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we're communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. 
but we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.